1: I think that most often, nearly always, I think, when there's been greater changes in my Christian life or greater challenges that God has taken me through them for my growth purposes, and it's, it's in the middle of that you don't see that until you can look back. They've all come through hard times in my life.
2: The story. The story. G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to the story. Well, we have a men's discussion for you today with three men who have been involved in men's ministry to varying degrees over the years. Eric Scatterbo has invited his friend Peter Manhannet to co host a chat with Graham Dawson, who is the founder of a ministry called A Few Good Men. Graham is sharing his story and about the lessons he's learned
3: over the years that have helped him to more effectively minister to others. Men's ministry is not easy. Getting men to talk about personal issues or just open up in general can be a difficult task. One person who has been involved in men's ministry for several years and knows about this challenge all too well is my co host today, Peter Menhenet. Welcome to the program. Thanks, Eric. Yeah, it's an interesting topic. I've found
0: over many, many years talking with men that on their own, they're relatively easy to talk to and they open up. You mean one on one? One on one. Yeah. In a group, It's like trying to open an oyster with a toothpick. (laughs) It can be very
3: difficult in a group. That's right. And another person who knows about the challenges of men's ministry is our guest today, Graham Dawson, who has been involved in men's ministry for several years. Graham, welcome to the program.
1: Thanks for having me. And uh, yes, several years equals (laughs) probably 17 years. Have you found
3: that to be a similar challenge, getting guys to open up?
1: Well, I'd have to say, in a sense, not to a great extent. Having uh, been involved in running a a men's group uh, called A Few Good Men for Mm -hmm. a 16th year now, uh, I've found that uh, the secret is to make it safe for the men. Once the men feel safe in the group, um, they will open up, and we've had some great times where guys just open up and share things they would never Mm never speak to other fellows about. Certainly not in a pub, not in any situation. But
3: uh, So there is hope. You can get there. Yes, yeah. But yeah. a little bit challenging yeah. at times. Yes. Okay, well we're going to talk about men's ministry a little bit more in just a little bit, but first we want to find out your background. Where were you born and raised and what was life like
1: growing up for you? Well, I was born in East Melbourne in a hospital, <laughs> <laughs> well, <that's good. laughs> uh, but uh, lived for the first 18 years of my life at Q. Uh, I mm-hmm. I guess got introduced to uh, church life through my parents. They were Christians, and uh, I made a first commitment to God, well, my only, my starting commitment with God and when I was 11 mm-hmm. uh, with my father. I uh, had a lot of experiences as a young young lad, and uh, we had a lot of animals in our backyard. We milked goats. This was only only our, in Kew? Yeah, it was only a stand Which is thing. now
3: close to the city.
1: Yeah, well, it's, it, the, those days there were, there were a lot of open land around too, mm-hmm. uh, although we were in a fairly residential area but um but you a had just, a goat well we had milk goats we had a horse in the backyard and a stable we had
3: oh wow <laughs> things have changed because queue not like that now
1: yeah <laughs> uh, well it, of course it's the you know the socioeconomics have changed and uh yes it was only a house block in a sense but uh it yeah, started my interest in and in love with horses there and
3: uh, yes let's talk about that you're yeah. a kind of a horse guy
1: yeah i uh, i've always Had horses. I think one of the most memorable things I did in my younger teenage years was uh, we did this bold trip. uh, We call it the wagon trip. We got an old four-wheel horse-drawn covered wagon, and we, um, the three of us guys, mates, took off with two dogs and one horse and all our gears and clothes for three weeks, and and we did this great trek to. Greensboro, I think it was, or something like that. <laughs> those days and
0: That was the sticks then. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's right. And we had our rifles there. We were shooting uh, uh, rabbits for the for ourselves and possums for the dogs and things like this and didn't seem to be a problem shooting <laughs> those days. Uh-huh. Down by the river, we camped, and, uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a boy's own sort of
3: yeah.
1: great adventure. And, sounds like uh,
3: a cowboy adventure or something.
1: Yeah, well, uh, we had a covered wagon, like the cowboy, oh, wow. like the cowboy wagons in <laughs> yeah. the movies. Uh, poor old horse, of course, had uh, a uh, big load to carry. We were, you know, we underestimated his load, but he made it. <laughs> yeah, so that was uh, quite an experience. Yeah. Um,
3: Peter, uh-huh. we got a cowboy, a real-life cowboy with us today. Yeah, well,
0: have you notice something, Eric, that he doesn't say no, he says nay?
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's a
1: dead joke. Okay. Yep. I'm <laughs> thank, a dad. Thank you for that
3: insight there, Peter. <laughs> Moving right along. So, good Christian childhood, happy childhood, hanging out with yeah, your sure. friends and the horses and all that. Sure. Eventually, you marry and mm-hmm. are involved in church together, everything going
1: fine. Mm-hmm. Yes, eventually uh, I married my childhood sweetheart, uh, knew her since she was five, and we had three children. And, uh, yeah, I was... uh, Yeah, then a really uh, heavy um, thing hit me in my life, which came right out of the blue. Uh, My then-wife, unbeknownst to me, um, was involved with a guy for 12 months, Unbeknownst to me for that whole time, and uh, yeah, when that uh, when I found out about that and it hit, it really, um, it really, you know, yeah, yeah. in crude terms, knocked my guts out. (laughs) Mm. And uh, but interestingly, I had enough of a relationship with God at the time to immediately throw myself on Him totally. Just said, look, you know, here I am, guts and all, and what happens next. And uh, right at that time, interestingly enough, uh, he, he sort of, it's hard to explain to people how these things happen. It was like he put his hand in my life and said, okay, Graham, we're going in a new direction now. And that was what I call my start of a call to ministry mm-hmm. at that point. And um, yeah, there was a struggle there for quite a while, trying to get the marriage back and get her back, et cetera, et cetera. But it... It really didn't develop, and then I was divorced against my will, and then, yeah, life had changed, and we had to sell the property then, and the marriage split to sell the farm, and yeah, so, uh, but then again, the Lord opened up doors.
3: And, so. and let's talk about mentorship. So, one of the things that helped you get through such a devastating experience was having older men in the Lord who helped you get through it. Is that right?
1: Yes. Right at that point, I, yeah, I had the... Pastor of our church and, and some leaders, but uh, not to the extent that I've experienced later on in life, and, and still experience. I hadn't, I wasn't savvy to the point of meeting the right sort of people around me, which I now have, and I have mm. had for a number of years. But um,
3: so you you had some leadership, but now looking back, you're saying it probably would have been wise to have even more. Input. Well, I
1: don't know what I would have done about it. I think because it was a journey with God that developed over time and he eventually has brought different people into my life at different times and up until now I still run I still have three major men in my life, uh, a mentor, mm-hmm. a counselor, and uh, a spiritual director. They each have a different role.
3: Yeah, share with thoughts about the importance of the different roles.
1: Well, I think the the mentor is, is a wonderful gracious man in my life he's an older man he's like a father to me um we are deep friends now
3: now just the, as a side note he's in his 80s yes you're in your 70s yes you're never too old no. to have a mentor
1: oh no no i i, I was, some people might think oh, saying,
3: oh w- w- once you get in your 70s well then you don't need any help you've just, arrived <laughs> i was just saying
1: off here to peter and peter and i were agreeing that We want to be teachable till the day we die. (laughs) That's
0: right. I think having a mentor is a wonderful thing because there's a famous old song, we're all in your corner tonight. And having a mentor is just like that. Mm -hmm. You've got someone who'll back you up, someone who'll guide you. They won't instruct you, but Mm -hmm. they'll guide you through some of the rough periods of life.
1: Mm -hmm. And it's distinctively different from a counsellor. He's not my counsellor. But he plays a different role. I have a counsellor in my life, and and we talk about specific areas, and uh, we look more into the psychological way I'm I'm dealing with things, and mm-hmm. and and we work on a, a different level. I have an appointment with him once a month. I, we go there on a professional basis. It's a different sort of a thing, and the spiritual yep. director I have too. So, I you know, have what's all, the difference? Well. The spiritual director also doesn't just tell you where to go or what to do in God, but he, his job, if he does it properly, and I've been that to certain people myself, uh, a spiritual director, is uh, one to, to tease out and travel with you and assist you discern what God is saying in this matter, or uh, checking with you that you're hearing Him right, mm. uh, that you, uh, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a spiritual journeyman mm-hmm. at, at that level.
3: You're
2: listening to The Story. Today, Graham Dawson is sharing about his life and his involvement in men's ministry. We've just heard about how, with the support of others, he's been able to overcome some of his own personal challenges. Next, we'll hear how God worked in his life when he was suffering with cancer. Back with more soon. The Story. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401 132 888. Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax and this is The Story. We're continuing with Graham Dawson sharing about his work in men's ministry. Before the break, we heard about some of the challenges he has faced in his own life. Now we'll hear about God's healing hand when Graham had cancer. Also, we'll find out how he is supporting and encouraging other
3: men. I understand you went through some more challenges on your own personal life that have helped you in men's ministry.
1: Yeah, I think I was saying in preparation to this interview that uh, as well, that um, I think that most often, nearly always, I think when there's been greater changes in my Christian life or greater challenges to which I've risen, that God has taken me through them for my growth purposes. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah. it's in the middle of that, you don't see that until you can look back, sort of yeah. thing. Yeah. They've all come through um, hard times in my life, change points, you know, from almost going bankrupt in a building business that I was, you know... Um, had a great building business going, from, you know, being on a dairy farm and then selling up to come back to Melbourne sort of thing, mm. Right, and our cattle sale was booked right at the time, all of a sudden the beef, the what do they call that? Oh, mad cat,
3: cow disease? Mad cow disease yeah, was yeah.
1: going through and all of a sudden the market just dropped right out mm. of cattle and the butchers wouldn't buy a thing and, you know, we lost a lot of money in our cattle sale that day and things like that and what you anticipate going to be there was just torn away then uh, i think uh, well there's been a number of those but there's been points in my life even though i made that early commitment to christ when i was 11 i guess you know i made different decisions as i was going along probably in my 20s then 30 and those weren't coming out of really heavy crisis times but there were times to reevaluate.
0: i guess you're living proof graham of having God's guiding hand on you Mm. that you can get through all sorts of crises Mm. and even though you feel at the time you can't make it Mm. you know that God is there with you Mm. guiding you and directing Mm. you and if you simply listen to him and follow him he'll bring you through those tough Mm. times
1: Mm.
3: and you've had uh, health issues as well
1: yes yes. uh, I got the affronting news that I had prostate cancer quite bad Mm. had to get it out very Mm. quickly. And, um, yeah, so uh, it was a choice I made to have the operation, of course, which I just wanted to choose life, really. So, uh, yeah, went from there. And, uh, well, I have to say in that, God has just proved his miraculous hand in my life in so many ways. But regarding that cancer, uh, I had the operation. Surgeon said, look, it had reached the periphery of the prostate. um, And we think we've got everything, it was a successful operation per se, but we might have dropped a cell or two, seeing it was right to the periphery, we can't tell with an naked eye and they wanted me to be tested two monthly or every month after that for a while and I did and sure enough it showed on the bleep, so there was still something there, so then I had to go through 33 days of radiotherapy, which is not a painful thing, but um, go through that. And then it disappeared for four years, and I thought, well, it looks like it's gone, you know, but then mm-hmm. it came back up again. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so uh, I, by this stage, I was quite prepared for wherever that future was because I was in God's hands. And 2011, some other significant things happened, but I um, got the opportunity to go with a, a missionary party up at, to uh, Thursday Island. And I didn't know what I was getting into at the stage. I didn't know the people that well, but it turned out to be a week-long, <laughs> raging sort of a, charismatic healing week. Last night, uh, the beautiful Islander pastor who worked on customs on um, the Torres Strait said, look, uh, anyone would like prayer... Just come forward and look, he even said if you got cancer or anything. So I thought to myself, Well, I've got cancer and I know God can do the impossible and yeah I'm gonna go out. I'd like to be healed. I'd go out for prayer and he laid hands on me. I felt something shift enormously, couldn't wait to get home to uh, get my next PSA test that God had a little bit of amusement going on at the time, but he actually took he took that cancer count down that had already started the climb, took it down by points, two points, about every two months for the whole year. Even my youngest daughter said a while ago, she said, Dad, you haven't got cancer. And I said, well, I have, but God's holding it down, you mm-hmm. see. And she said, ask your doctor then, have you mm-hmm. got, have I got cancer? <laughs> so I said to me, doctor, we were laughing, and I said, I've got to ask you a formal question for my daughter. Have I got cancer? He said, uh, it's prostate cancer. Yes, you have. So I said to him, "Yes, I have, dear, mm, but, <laughs> but it's the,
3: not going to take me."
1: But the thing is, now, well, it's I just total confidence that God's He's got His hand on it.
3: Excellent. We began this conversation talking about the challenges of uh, having men open up about their personal mm. lives and their personal issues, and dealing with their personal issues. Looking back over the various challenges that you've been through, that you've been sharing with us today, mm. do you feel that going through all of this has helped you? in men's ministry, in helping other men?
1: Oh, yes. It does help to have gone through a number of things so you know, they know that you know. Yeah, yeah. That that you know, sort of yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, can I finish with one story about yep, the yep. safety and the opening of men? Um, we had something like 14, 15 guys at one stage. and uh, In your that, men's ministry? In the men's group. And uh, there was a fellow who came along. I mean, there was a lot of stories I could tell, but this one, was really potent. He came along and he was brought by someone else, but he was very wary about coming in. He he was cagey about being caught in this place where he was vulnerable, Mm -hmm. if you like. So he he used to sort of stand outside, sit in the car. Then he would sort of listen in the door uh, and not come in.
3: Yeah,
0: real fringe dweller.
1: And then he ended up, he used to be a good cook. He had a cooking trailer sort of thing, so he offered to cook for us. Uh, instead of us buying, making our yeah. own barbecue, he'd he, he cook and we'd love said, yeah, it'd be lovely. So he'd pull up his trailer outside the door and he'd cook up this meal for us and we are all wrapped and everything and he sort of felt part of the group at that level. Yeah. Yeah. But then he, he he elevated from that to sort of standing in the passageway and Get listening <laughs> but not coming in and sitting down with the boys. Yeah. But then one day he did. He came in and he sat down. And he obviously felt safe enough at that point. He came out in front of these 16 blokes, whom only knew one or two of them. He opened up and talked about being sexually abused as a boy. Mm. He was currently 56 60-year-old. No one, he'd never spoken to anyone in his life about that. His wife of many, many years doesn't know it, didn't know it, never never heard of it. He'd never told a soul and here he was. He just opened up and told everybody. Now, it was interesting. He didn't come back, and it was okay. I think we served our purpose, and he achieved what he wanted to achieve, and it was just a great lesson of that sense of safety, and so many men are carrying so much stuff that they... They will meet with blokes in the pub and they'll have a beer and they'll. You know, if it gets a bit too close, emotion and they say, "Oh, I have another one," you know, mm-hmm. and they don't actually get anywhere below the surface so or, or deal with the issue or deal with the issue. Mm-hmm. So, it's been, a, you know, we had one guy come along. If I excuse me, and I just uh, an older man came and he sat there for quite a while. He didn't say anything, but then his 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 really his idea of coming was he wanted other people to possibly validate his life mm. and he said to them one night he said you know I've had 26 jobs you know is that all right was that okay he was you know 65 or something and uh, the guys all affirmed him you know mate that was terrific and what's more than that you always had a job you were mm. a willing worker you always had a job and you know that that just took a burden off his shoulders he stayed with us for a while mm. and uh, he, he moved on but see he just needed he needed to validate his life mm-hmm. and, and just by telling the story and have these men many of whom he never knew just say mate that was great
3: yeah, you're doing well
1: you're doing you've well
3: you've done well so men supporting other men in a mm. safe place mm. goes a long way toward helping yes. other men grow
1: yeah it needs, needs to be controlled coordinated and, and and carefully watched but under those guidelines we have what we call group norms in our group, where we respect others, we listen, we don't charge in, we, we don't hug unless, it's, unless we're safe, we know that people are okay with hugging. Mm. All those little things that make a successful mm. group.
0: But men are slow to open up, but when they do open up, mm. they'll bear just about anything yes. uh, when they feel safe. And it takes a little while to get men to feel safe in a group. Yeah, mm. yeah, but once they're feeling safe, you can do wonderful things with them, and they can be blessed beyond belief.
3: Mm. Well, Graham Dawson, thank you so much for sharing your story with us today.
1: Thank you for allowing me to. It's was uh, great to be here.
3: Also, Peter Manhennet, thanks for being our co-host today. Great. Yeah, Go well, you. Graham. Yeah, Go thank well. You. Good. Thanks, Eric.
2: That was Eric Scatterbo along with his friend Peter Menhenant chatting with Graham Dawson about his life journey and about his work in men's ministry. It's great to hear how Graham has used some of his own painful experiences to help, support, and encourage others. And it says in the Bible do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Wise words for all of us and especially if we're involved in men's ministry. Well, thanks for joining us today for Graham's Story. I'm Jimmy Colfax, encouraging you to share your story with someone today. Next time on The Story.
3: It was in church one Sunday morning. The minister was wandering with a microphone in his hand and he put it in front of me and I just couldn't speak. And it was later on our ladies group in the church We had to take the service at night on the study we had been doing. We each had to say something with a microphone. And I thought, oh no, on the practice, I still couldn't speak. I just, it was difficult. And so on the morning, I took my son with me and he stood beside me and I got him to read a Bible verse and then I could continue on.
2: Sheridan Gardner has hosted a healthcare program heard on international shortwave radio for several years. The irony is that she initially had a fear of microphones and knew nothing about making a radio program, but she knew God wanted her to. We'll hear her story next time. The Story, story. just another way
3: vision is connecting faith to life.